The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the Week. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so shop now with BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack. A selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. You people are sick. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. This was not written for chiefs. Hear me. Hear this? We the people. That what you called Eid Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful, but for all the people. Down the centuries, you have slurred the meaning out of the words, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity ordain and establish this constitution these words and the words that follow were not written only for the yangs but for the comms as well comms they must apply to everyone or they mean nothing do you understand i do not fully understand wrong the best music on the best station the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Tuesday, January 31, 2017, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. Hey there. Hi. Well, you people are sick. Oh, God. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. I just just realizing how much we have to talk about today. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at TheBowenLawGroup.com slash Bob and Chez. Or just click the link to the podcast page. So, yeah, as I said, uh, the tennis ball machine is overflowing with crap. There it goes. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, this cup just done. Dodging left and right. Uh, the Trump crisis continues. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I told I told Ben, because um, yesterday, you know, he, he asked me, he's like, because Ben's really big on members' pieces right now for banter, which I understand. Yeah. You know, he's, because obviously, uh, you know, people, memberships. thank God, people are willing to, money. to kind of chip in and, and, you know, donate to, uh, um, you know, give money to places that are, standing against Trump, and I'm glad mm-hmm. that's happening. So oh, yeah, yeah. He asked me, he's like, you know, is your piece worthy of being members? And I'm like, are you kidding? Is it worthy no, and I just told members? him, I'm like, my brain is fried. I'm so tired of this already. It's yeah. just, and I and I think that this is no doubt part of, 
Trump doesn't. Trump isn't willing to think that far ahead. He's a very in the moment kind of idiot. Wrong. Yeah. You can an, definitely see Bannon thinking. You know what? Just overload these people so that yeah. so that they just suffer from. It's just exhausting, and they just stop fighting. I, you know, I think that's partly it. I just think it's also Donald Trump's style. He's just an ad hoc president. He just everything is just like it's like what we talked about last week. He's like he's, he's a creature of Twitter, so his natural inclination is to just do. Sh- just to, yeah, you know, just like, oh, there's that. Oh, I'm going to react to that. Oh, and there's and that. Again, that. And, and again, again, but again, no agenda, the, no agenda. Right. But the other thing is the other thing that we've already seen and we've already noticed. And this is something we talked about last week. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's going to be shocking when he comes up against something where he really has to deal with other people instead of just right. sign a fucking paper. Yeah. And that's instead just of just sign an executive order. Cause so far he's, it has been so far the presidency has been everything he likes, which is, well, I just say, <laughs> I just say it and it happens. Yep. Exactly. Right. And but where uh, are the checks and the balances? And I'm afraid, I'm afraid they're not there. I'm afraid they're going away. No. I mean, there, has there been a single piece of actual legislation that has hit uh, Donald Trump's desk yet? I don't think so. I remember Barack Obama right out of the shoot. Most presidents right out of the shoot come in and they sign a bunch of bills that were passed during the course of January, like right. between the, the swearing in of Congress and the uh, and the uh, inauguration. And then um, Donald Trump, nothing, nothing. It's just, you know what? It's been uh, a week and a few days of this. I mean, every time Donald Trump, every time there's Trump in the news, it's just you might as well just play this out and because that's all, that's all it's been. And one thing after another, uh, mostly executive orders, obviously, and uh, no legislation. By the way, the um, I almost feel like I should whisper this. Uh, remember that budget resolution that was passed earlier in the month? It actually added where the Republicans, all the Republicans voted for it, even though it added $10 trillion to the national debt. I believe so. <laughs> that budget resolution also called for an Obamacare repeal bill on Trump's desk by... January 27th. Today oh, is go. the 31st. And I almost feel like, shut up, Bob. <laughs> don't, don't tempt them. Because right now the whole Obamacare thing is in disarray. I mean, I, I didn't even plan to talk about that. But here's the thing. A, a couple of thoughts. And this is just going back to what you were saying about Steve Bannon and just bombarding us with stuff. Yeah. I don't. I actually don't think, and this isn't necessarily contradicting what you said, but I there's a lot of talk about, oh, this is just a distraction from those two other things, and this is a distraction. Oh, he's just distracting from this. He did this tweet because he's doing this other thing. No. No, 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 no. There is no grand plan inside the White House to, okay, here's what we're going to do. There is no wizard behind the scene who's going... Okay, you're going to tweet something now, and that tweet is going to make everyone scurry and attack that. Meanwhile, we're going to uh, launch a nuclear weapon or s- some other thing. No, that's going I, on. I, I do agree with that. I, yeah. I think you're right. I don't think that there's. I don't think that there's a whole lot of planning going on. But it doesn't take a lot of planning for somebody like Bannon to say, no. you know what, we're just going to do so much. And look, you know what, that's well, fuck them, fuck them all. He's already he's already basically said that. He said it to the media. Oh sure, sure. I mean, in, even if there was a strategy like that, even if they were playing some level of seven layer blah 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 i i think it's much better i think it's a wiser approach to take everything at face value to just hit do our best to hit everything now not that doesn't mean everyone hitting everything i think what's going to happen is as the left generally and and i'm also going to include uh, uh anti-trump republicans in this too 
is that you know, I think everything is going to kind of congeal into issue areas. Like a bunch of people will be talking about this and focused on that, and we'll know the go-to voices on this particular issue. Like Obamacare, we'll know who to go to on Obamacare. Then another group of people will be focusing on the Muslim ban, and we know who to go to on that, et cetera, et cetera, down the line of Trump things and, and Trump agenda items insofar as there is an agenda, which there probably isn't. Uh, so, I, And I think that's how it's all going to congeal out. I think it's possible for the anti-Trump opposition position to and the resistance to face down everything without doing this thing where oh we're going to second guess what trump is doing oh and we're going to try to get inside his head there is nothing inside his head except demons and blood <laughs> just like it's a nightmare in there it's like a uh it's one of those paintings of hell that we've seen. Who's that? Uh, who's that artist who does those scenes Ron of hell? Bosch. I mentioned that yesterday <laughs> yeah. in my piece. Right. It's a great point. The inside of Trump's head is like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. <laughs> so um, there's lots to I talk think, about. I think today. you're giving it too much credit. That's there. Those paintings are at least beautiful. Oh, they I are beautiful. Like, but I, I mean, like, as far as the tragedy and horror of it, it's just a nightmare inside I that see skull. Like a dust bunny or two. <laughs> Like it's just empty space and like a couple of you know dust so like like, uh, like Homer Simpson is just a donkey taking a nap under a tree. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. what's in there. Um, and there's one thing I wanted to talk about right out of the shoot today, and then I want to get we're gonna get we're gonna talk about Sally Yates. We're gonna talk about the Muslim ban. We're gonna talk about uh, Trump's first military action being somewhat of a disaster. Uh, God, lots of topics to talk about today. But the first one I want to address is sort of a corollary to what we were discussing with regard to uh, triaging whatever uh, Trump is doing. And there's a lot of discussion right now going around about impeachment. And I wrote it. Well, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, that's that right out of the shoot. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's it's not going to happen. And I wrote a, a salon piece today. Uh, about it and and why it, it impeachment's not going to happen. It could conceivably happen after 2018 if we get enough seats back in Congress. Yeah, but uh, before that, it's not that it Yeah, I mean it's it's a long road to impeachment. Just put it that way, because we have basically the only shot, as you said, is is to uh, run that gauntlet in tw- after the 2018 midterms. Um, the problem is that we're not going to have the seats. Uh, we may win back the House, but winning back the House is a long shot. I think it's something like we, we need something like 50 seats. We need a net gain of 50 seats in 2018. That's that's a big deal. If you compare it to 2006, which was a huge year for Democrats in the midterms, they only won back a net gain of 31 seats. We're asking in 2018 for there to be a net gain in the House of something like 50 to take over a majority in the House of Representatives. In the Senate, it's going to be next to impossible simply because of the map. I think, of course, every uh, every midterm or every two years, about a third of the Senate is up for re-election. This time around, though, there are only eight Republican senators up for re-election out of those 33. The rest are seats that the Democrats have to defend. And then so so basically what has to happen on the Senate side is all of those blue seats have to be defended and won. Like everyone's got to get reelected in the uh, on the Democratic side. And then we have to get five of the Republicans. You know, some some permutation of this calculus. Basically, we have to get five. We have to win five Republican seats back from the Republicans. In order to get, and that's out of just eight that are up for re-election. So it's a big ask. It's very unlikely that that is going to play out. So it's it's unlikely the Democrats will win back the Senate. Now, my, mind you, this is how I prefaced my article in Salon today. 
Anything can happen. We never know what's going to happen next. Trump could be in the low 20s and people could be defecting from the Republican Party in droves and it could just be a bloodbath in 2018. So that's always possible. But just looking at the numbers the way they stand right now, very little chance of winning back the Senate in 2018 or the uh, definitely no chance of winning back the Senate, small chance of winning back the House of Representatives in 2018. And it, it will require all hands on deck, a massive electoral effort in yep. order to win back the House of Representatives, plus, of course, a failing Trump White House and Republican members of Congress going down with the ship. This is all, you know, just the first layer of this. So then you start to build. Maybe in 2020, um, if Trump gets elected for a second term, that's when the impeachment can happen. We could pick up more seats in 2020. Uh, or he loses and we get a Democratic president and everything becomes moot. But here's here's the scenario. This is I didn't write about this. This is something that I I kind of gamed out <laughs> about eleven o'clock last night because this is the way my brain's been functioning these days. So here's a possibility, and and I think this is a pretty solid possibility. Donald Trump continues to go down this road of being just this bungled, botched uh, uh, nightmare where it's just chaos and his numbers continue to decline. The world starts to line up against him. His own people are starting to leak and everything that we've been seeing over the last uh, week or 10 days or so, um, not even including the chaos of the transition. So that continues to get worse and worse and worse. So follow, follow along with this. Um, so... It gets to the point where the Republicans, uh, specifically the Republican leadership in Congress, decides we got to cut bait. This guy cannot continue on. He's destroying the party. It's, it's, everything is mayhem right now. We're going to get dragged down with him unless he goes. So the more reasonable scenario, I think, is something that's pretty close to, to Nixon. And we're going to be talking, by the way, we're going to talk about Nixon again on the show today. Nixon was asked to resign by congressional leadership led by Barry Goldwater. They just went to the White House and said, Mr. President, for the good of the nation, it's time to step down. And it didn't require the 25th Amendment. It didn't require some sort of impeachment process, which is long and extended. Remember, with impeachment, you need both houses of Congress. You need not only uh, the House to vote on impeachment after a series of investigations turning up high crimes and misdemeanors. Then you get the vote in the House. If, if they vote to impeach, then there goes to a trial in the Senate. And in the Senate, in order to actually convict on impeachment charges and remove the president, you need 67 votes. It's not going to be the votes. But so the, the more logical scenario, the more reasonable and rational scenario, I think, is for congressional leadership, Republicans, to go to Donald Trump and say, you got to go, Mr. President. Donald Trump will say, fuck you, get out of my office. Yeah, exactly. Because Donald Trump, you know why? Donald Trump is a moron. Nixon had, Nixon, for all of his faults, had an acceptance of reality and a sense of shame. Yeah. You know, he had the ability, the, and I'm not saying the, the willingness, but the ability at least to know when he was doing something wrong. Well, and Trump doesn't have that. Trump believes that he, he at all times he's right. That's why he lies about everything. Yeah. But where the stupidity comes in here is if Trump doesn't read the subtext. Now, the subtext of a meeting like that likely to take place in the Oval Office with, you know, uh, Paul Ryan and, and Mitch McConnell, et cetera, et cetera. And they go, uh, Mr. President, you have to step down. You have to resign for the good of the country. And then the subtext is or else. 
And that's the big deal, the or else. And they'll either need to spell it out for, for Trump because he's in some the throes of some kind of mania that he can't comprehend, so he's got to be uh, basically spoon-fed everything. Or if, if he's got at least some gray matter left in his head functioning and operating at uh, at least 50% capacity, uh, he's going to have to know that what they're saying is either leave office or we're going to make your presidency a living nightmare. Now, Donald Trump, as we all know, Donald Trump has got so many skeletons in his closet, whether it's, the you know, an alleged PP tape or on down. I mean, so many Trump things that the Republicans could just start randomly leaking out. The Republicans could say, Mr. President, we're not going to sign a single piece of, uh, of legislation that you want. We're just going to handcuff your presidency. You are going to be basically be locked and sequestered inside the White House with very little to do. The entire Republican Party will line up against you. You will not be reelected. And one of the reasons you will not be reelected in, in 2020 is because we're going to put forth a unity ticket of John Kasich and Marco Rubio. And we're going to primary challenge your ass. And everything is on the table. No matter what, we'll, have, we'll put Russia on the table, we'll put all of the compromat on the table, and you will be doomed. You will be publicly humiliated and destroyed. That is the subtext of a meeting like that. And they're not going to continue to put up with Donald Trump dragging them down further and further into the giant uh, quicksand puddle of shit. Well, I do agree with that. I do think that, uh, that there has to be, there have to be people within the party who realize that this guy is eventually going to be their doom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, I think they're already beginning to understand that. I think they're already starting to see that. Certainly, um, it's not, it hasn't reached that point where they're going to approach him yet. But if they didn't see it last week, I don't know what to tell them. I mean, Monday night, last Monday night, I, I you know, if I was a member of congressional leadership, I, I totally, I'd be just completely leaning on this. After he spent so much time talking about um, <laughs> talking about his crowd sizes and the voter fraud thing during a congressional meeting, which was supposed to be out, uh, about the repeal of Obamacare, which still hasn't happened, they have to be going, look, we're going to put him on a short leash and we're going to give him, let's say we'll give him his first 100 days. After his first 100 days, if this continues to be like the Three Stooges trying to fix the plumbing, we're going to start to cut bait. And then eventually, if it gets down to the point where there continues to be uh, trespasses against the Constitution, trespasses against the rule of law, trespasses against uh, uh, what the executive branch is is tasked with, what the presidency is tasked with, this starts to if this starts to look like the Democrats might win back one or both uh, chambers of Congress. And remember how I said, this is like a long shot for the Democrats to do that. But if the polls start to show that they actually have a chance, you're going to see the, the congressional Republicans cutting that umbilical cord to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue f- faster than you can say PP tape or taco bowl, whatever <laughs> your choice of words are. Uh, yeah. You know, and speaking of that, I would really, and it's, it's sad to think that I want to see this, but I do. Um, I would. I have no issue with you know countries that can't afford to to do it. Countries that have the ability to uh, 
you know, that we, we're not funding, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, they're, they're not 100% reliant on trade with us, anything like that. Yeah. I would love to see countries just go, you know what, we're closing your embassies and kicking you out. Oh, yeah. We're basically cutting diplomatic ties with the United States because it's being run by a madman and a, and a white nationalist. Well, it's only a matter of time. I mean, already in response to the Muslim ban, um, nations are saying, well, no, I mean, we're not going to honor your visas or anything that's, like that. Yeah, we're kicking, that, we're going to kick, I mean. kick I your people see, out. I hate to say it, more, you know, more of that. I want to see yeah. more of that. I want to see countries just, I want to see the world just, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I think I made a, a, it was basically a joke, but man, there was, there was some seriousness in there. Like we've, in, we've invaded countries yeah. for less mm-hmm. to, re, to replace, you know, to replace governments, mm-hmm. to replace uh, uh, dictatorships. We've gone to war over less than this. Oh yeah, and there's that part of me that's like, uh, you know what? We'll, you'll be gre- you'll be greeted as liberators. Yeah. UN Security Council put together a bunch of people. Come on, come on in, come on into DC. Oh yeah, and you know what? We've actually talked about this on the show before, and yeah. this goes back to maybe July when when you and I both, Jez, talked about the idea of uh, the Trump destabilization becoming co- so severe that world leaders, even some of our friends, begin to talk about the idea of regime change. Yeah. Yeah. And this is serious stuff. I mean, make no mistake here. Yeah, it's I guess it's okay if you want to come in and you, you want to disrupt things, but this is chaos. And as soon as you start as soon as the massive superpower on the block starts like spazzing out and flailing and talking to invisible enemies, that's it exactly. That that's when other nations start to go Good Lord, we're all going to get dragged down with this. We are, we more than almost any other country, we are, um, we are especially, especially a problem for the world if we are led by a madman. Yeah, because we have so much power. Right, right, and and no world leader wants to be caught in the midst of another world recession created by some dude who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Some cartoon supervillain inside the United States, some game show host who suddenly is thrust into the presidency by 62 million idiots who think that he's qualified. You know, that becomes uh, serious issues for I mean, remember, we're not the only nation that plays politics. We're only, we're not the only nation where politicians cover their own ass. This is going to be happening around the world. People are going to want to cover their ass. People are going to want to their citizens of other nations are going to be looking to their leaders to stand up against Donald Trump knowing because it doesn't I mean, it's not just here. There are citizens all around the world who participated in that women's march. They all know what kind of maniac Donald Trump could could very well turn out to be if he isn't already doing that. If that perception hasn't already circulated the globe several times. And I, I really believe it has. So I really, <laughs> this is not going to end well for Donald Trump. The, the congressional Republicans have to see it. Don't bet on on uh, on an impeachment. What we can most likely expect, if Donald Trump is going to leave office prematurely, it's going to because he's it's going to be because the party has is forcing him out, and they will play hardball with him if he decides not to go. And if he doesn't see that in that meeting, he's a bigger idiot than we think he is. <laughs> Oh, what is this? We're going to talk. Oh, Blue Apron. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're going to talk about some food now. I'm just, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at picking new things to eat every night. It's just like, oh my God, it gets to be around four o'clock in the afternoon. And I say, what the hell am I going to eat tonight? I have no idea. But thank God there's Blue Apron. 
I love Blue Apron. It's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the entire nation. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, uh, and they achieve this by uh, supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Here's some of the the upcoming uh, uh, meals at Blue Apron. This is going to make me hungry. We're recording this at uh, about quarter to 11 uh, in the morning. (laughs) Now I'm going to want to eat dinner now. Cashew chicken stir fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. Roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad. Crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs. Oh, my God. Put those in my mouth right now. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you will never, ever get bored. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash chez. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash chez. I like to think of that as a tribute to the fact that my fiancé is a chef. (laughs) I I think so. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, so uh, don't worry about the uh, the impeachment thing. Something else is going to happen that's going to be a lot easier to do. It'll be a lot easier than 25th Amendment Section 4, by the way, which is full of holes. Uh, and one of the ways this might actually come down is this whole thing uh, happening um, back in July. <laughs> July was kind of a nexus of news stories, I think, for us. We hit the Russia stuff back in July, and uh, I wrote an article back in July where I compared Trump, a would-be Trump presidency, to uh, the Nixon presidency, and specifically regarding the Saturday Night Massacre. And I, I detailed it all on the show. You can go back into the archives and, and listen to my whole Saturday Night Massacre uh, Nixon story at the uh, at the end there. And uh, it was the at the end of the Nixon administration, uh, right before he resigned. It was... Just- <laughs> unbelievable sequence of events where Nixon fires one attorney general after another because they won't fire the special prosecutor investigating Watergate. And so he fires the one attorney general uh, and brings in the next attorney general. That person refuses to fire the special prosecutor. So so Nixon fires that attorney general, brings in a third attorney general, ups Robert Bork into that position. So he goes through three attorneys general and then gets to the last one and, and that one finally fires uh, the special prosecutor. So what we have with Nixon now is this situation with Sally Yates, who uh, was the acting attorney general as of yesterday, uh, was appointed by Barack Obama. That that part is is very true. Uh, but Wait, was she was she appointed by Barack Obama or was she was she part of his administration? She I think he was she was appointed by Obama. OK, because I had read, read somewhere that she wasn't that mm-hmm. she was actually or no, you know what? Maybe that you know what? Oh, she was promoted into that position by Barack Obama. Yes. She's actually worked for the government. She worked for uh, I believe she she's worked all the way back to George H.W. Bush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what happened was, though, is she had the vocal support of a lot of Republicans. So she came in with, uh, you know, with with 
words of praise from guys like Chuck Grassley um, and and basically decided Donald Trump's Muslim ban is unlawful. I'm not going to enforce it. And usually, as we all know, the attorney general in the Justice Department is supposed to be divorced from politics. Right. Once you once you appoint an attorney general, that attorney general is attorney general until that attorney general resigns. Right. And Jeff and Jeff Sessions, by the way, yeah, is is not going to be divorced from politics. Everything <laughs> no. he does will be about politics. No, but there's a piece of audio floating. It's actually video, but I've got the audio here floating around of when Sally Yates was up for confirmation in the Senate. And she faced down a question from one Mr. Jeff Sessions, Senator Jeff Sessions from the great state of Alabama. And Jeff Sessions asked Sally Yates this question, quite leading. Remember, Barack Obama, the enemy, was in office at the time. So here's Jeff Sessions questioning Sally Yates about following the rule of law. You have to watch out because people will be asking you to do things you need, just need to say no about. Do you think the attorney general has a responsibility to say no to the president uh, if he asks for something that's improper? A lot of people have defended the Lynch nomination, for example, by saying, well, he appoints somebody who's going to execute his views. What's wrong with that? But if the views the president wants to execute are unlawful, should the attorney general or the deputy attorney general say no? Uh, Senator, I believe that the attorney general or the deputy attorney general has an obligation to follow the law and the Constitution and to give their independent legal advice to the president. There it is. Yep. What a hell of a piece of video that is. So Jeff Sessions asking the Jeff Sessions asking the leading question uh, because Jeff Sessions doesn't want Sally Yates to be a rubber stamp for Barack Obama. But now the Republican Party is expecting and, and specifically Donald Trump was expecting Sally Yates to be a rubber stamp for him. And when she decided and that's, and that's what this is now, that's what that's what his administration is going to be. Yep. It's uh, Spicer already said it. He said it's get with the program or get out. Mm hmm. Exactly. So Sally Yates decided I'm not going to uh, enforce this Muslim ban at the at the uh, at the top of the Justice Department. And b- before I, I think that news came down, maybe about this time yesterday morning and by nine o'clock Eastern time, Sally Yates was fired. Now, mind you, she wasn't asked to resign, which is typically the way these things work with uh, cabinet level uh, departments and department heads. Usually, uh, and especially West Wing staffers, the president usually allows that person to leave with some level of dignity because no one wants to have to put on their resume. Uh, oh, see here. Uh, great qualifications. We'd love to have you sit on our board. But what's this about the president firing you? No one wants to have that on their The president fired me. That's like that's the worst firing that there ever was. Like it, it, it's, it's a black mark on your record. So usually, what happens is the president says, "Well, you're going to be, you're going to have to resign. You're going to have to step down." And because they're they serve at the pleasure of the president, they they do they resign. Some resist, but they eventually do resign. This was a firing. This was Donald Trump trying to humiliate Sally Yates. Of course, and make- you know, and you know, he, you know, he. Uh, it's it's like shocking that in the uh, the press release, which was fucking absurd. Yeah. Um, oh, I have know, that here. Just, I'm going to read he that wanted in a second. so badly to say you're you're fired. Mm-hmm. You know he wanted to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's like, there's my catchphrase too. On top of everything else, it, sure. And it's complete. It's so predictable. This is something that was bound to happen. 
Meanwhile, uh, Daniel Ragsdale from uh, Immigration Enforcement was also fired last night. He was the director of Immigration Enforcement. So this was two people who were, and we don't know why Daniel Ragsdale was fired. They haven't announced that yet. But if if we find out that Daniel Ragsdale was defying Donald Trump's executive order, then that explains everything. So that that maybe is still a question mark. But we know is that Sally Yates was fired because Donald, because as you said, Donald Trump wanted to say you're fired, and then uh, she was fired because she's defying his orders and he doesn't know jack fucking about the Constitution or how the presidency works or the operation of government or just decent, regular, old-fashioned politics. He doesn't know any about, nothing about any of that crap. And I guess that's why his people love him. And that brings up the next point. I don't even want to know what Sally Yates's email looks like right now or the phone calls she's getting or the alt-right people showing up with their Pepe the Frog printouts at her house, etc., harassing her. This is the next thing that's on deck for Sally Yates. Cause this isn't just about Donald Trump saying you're fired. This is about Donald Trump saying you're fired. And now all my people are coming after you. Yeah. I assure you, D- Donald Trump knows what his people are all about. And so Donald Trump knows how to trigger them. And Donald Trump is triggering them now to go after uh, enemy. Number one, who is now Sally Yates. And, and it was also <laughs> this statement. This statement is, is unprecedented. It's bad. It's fucking insane. Here's I mean, it it literally, it reads like something out of 1984. It genuinely does. Yeah. It reads like, you know, she betrayed, basically it says she betrayed the party. Yes. You know, that's essentially what, you know, it may as well have said that. This was done to embarrass Sally Yates. This was done to humiliate her. And this was done to sick all of the alt-right neo-Nazi goons on her beginning now. So here's this, uh, here's this statement from the White House again. Statement on the appointment of Dana Boente as acting attorney general. By the way, Dana Boente, he's coming in and he's he's going to become acting attorney general. But because of his previous position, he's not allowed to sign off legally on any warrants for surveillance or anything like that. So basically, all of national security, as far as conducting surveillance and espionage inside the United States, that's more or less going to ground to a halt because of Donald Trump the national security president. So that's just a sideline. That's actually, you know what? That would be a two week news cycle right there <laughs> under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Here's the uh, Sally Yates thing. The acting attorney general Sally Yates has betrayed the department of justice by refusing to enforce a legal order designed to protect the citizens of the United States. This order was, a uh, was approved as to form and legality by the department of justice office of legal counsel. Miss Yates is an Obama administration appointee who is weak on borders and very weak on illegal immigration. Where do you think that line came from? Jesus Christ. That wasn't uh, Kellyanne Conway or Steve Bannon or Reince Priebus or any of the people they have working for them. That line came directly from the desk of Donald J. Trump. Wrong. (laughs) He's very, very weak. Weak. Yep. This is this is insane. I cannot believe I can't. Again, it's it's enervating. I can't believe we're here. It's exhausting. I know. I know. It's the Saturday Night Massacre. It's the Monday Night Massacre. It is time to get serious about protecting our country. Calling for tougher vetting for individuals traveling from seven dangerous places is not extreme. It is reasonable and necessary to protect our country. 
Tonight, President Trump relieved Miss Yates of her duties and subsequently named Dana Buente, U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Virginia, to serve as Acting Attorney General until Senator Jeff Sessions is finally confirmed by the Senate, where he is being wrongly held up by Democrat senators. By the way, the Democrat pejorative usage there. De- fucking hate that. It's the Democratic Party. It's you- so childish. Idiot. <sighs> held up by Democrat senators for strictly political reasons. This is, you know, when you, when they say Democrat senators instead of Democratic senators, this is basically like if if Barack Obama had referred to the Republicans as the Republicans. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's it's that's it's it's completely childish. It's completely it's childish. juvenile. It's petty. Yep. Which, by the way, there is no one on this earth more petty or juvenile than Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump. And the, that's the great irony, is that he's viewed by his people as being this strong leader. He is the weakest, softest leader we have ever had. Of course he is. It is so easy to bait him. And you know what? It's fun to talk about that now, but the way that's going to end up is going to be very, very bad. This is all going to be- very bad places. This is going to get far worse before it gets better. There is no improving. There is no, there's going to be no pivot of the Donald J. Trump administration. This is not going to happen. He's not going to suddenly wake up one morning and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I should be presidential today. Maybe I will. Nope. Not going to happen. He's just gonna, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. He's going to get uh, the, the stress and rigors of the office are going to start to melt his brain, whatever's left of it already. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm just I'm foreseeing him in that Howard Hughes scenario. It's really I really think it's going to end up that way. All right. uh, Another break back with more show right after these words. Okay, let's talk Patreon. In case you're just joining us, we're rallying all of our listeners to sponsor our little podcast here. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll give you new full length shows every weekday. Meanwhile, if you pledge one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars or fifteen dollars per month, you'll not only help finance the show, but you'll also get Patreon only rewards such as our postmortem show, our drunken after party podcast. And for fifteen dollars per month, you'll get all of that, plus a commercial free unbleeped version of our full-length Tuesday and Thursday shows. If everyone listening right now pledged just $1 a month, that's 12 cents per show, we'd far exceed our goal. Go right now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. Thank you for your support. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. All right. Just uh, one more day for our Amazon uh, link quota in the month of January. Go to uh, uh, bobseska.com and just beneath the logo, you'll see a a link. It says Amazon link in all capital letters. Click that link and it takes you right to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping for literally anything you can imagine. I mean, I don't think there's anything that that amazon.com doesn't have. Literally. You can buy it there. You can maybe get free shipping through a, a membership to Amazon Prime and it helps support the show because we get a small commission from every thing you buy thank you for doing that make sure to bookmark the link by the way and if you're a small business make sure to source all of your goods and materials through our amazon link okay thank you for doing that um continuing on here um so the the crux of this whole situation with sally yates was the muslim ban there's another bit of news regarding that and by the way it is a muslim ban anyway it's so funny to read like the national review and 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 publications like that saying well it's not a muslim ban what are you talking yeah, about it's a f-ing muslim of course ban. it's a Stop muslim it. ban yeah 
<laughs> but here's the uh, here's the latest. And remember, Donald Trump is the uh, is the guy who's going to make America great again. So there's going to be so much winning, you may get bored with winning. We will have so much winning if I get elected that you may get bored with winning. I'm definitely bored with winning. <laughs> this is what winning looks like. Yep. Major world equity markets fell on Monday, and the dollar slipped against the safe haven yen after new U.S. immigration curbs stirred concerns about the impact of U.S. President Donald Trump's policies on global trade and the economy. Stocks posted their worst day so far this year on Wall Street after Trump's executive order on Friday to bar Syrian refugees and suspend travel to the United States from seven countries. Put The, the market spark- loathes destabilization. Oh, yes. It, it loathes, it, it loathes... Uns- Uncertainty. Uh, it hates uncertainty. Yep, uncertainty. It hates uncertainty. It hates. Uh, it hates instability. Yep. It hates all of that. Yeah. Just imagine. You see, I'm watching right here. There's video on this Reuters page of <laughs> traders on the floor of the stock market, looking at all those screens, and it's all of the the typical B-roll stuff where you see the traders like rubbing the back of their their heads, going, "Oh God, oh God, yeah. what are we somewhere, looking somewhere at in here?" The background, somewhere in the background, Duke and Duke are, you know. <laughs> Having heart attacks. Turn those machines back on! This is an outrage. I demand an investigation. Turn those machines back on! Turn those machines back on! Just this. Just, oh my God, what's happening to the dollar? Should we get our barrels ready? Yeah, they'd buy, you know, oh like my God, 20s, yes. Like, we'll, you know, we'll, like a barrel with suspenders that we can wear around <laughs> us since we don't have any clothes. Get your materials ready for your Trumpvilles. Yeah, Trumpvilles, go, right. Go, go and live in a Trumpville. Uh, the dollar fell against the yen as investors sought the traditional security of the Japanese currency and gold edged uh, higher amid heightened political uncertainty. Gold futures rose 0.4% to settle at blah, blah, blah. The negative reaction to Trump's orders cooled a rally that had lifted U.S. equities to a series of ho- record highs following the president's election in November, encouraged by promises of tax cuts and simpler re- regulations. However, the potential risk from some of Trump's policies have dampened enthusiasm. So, good job. I Boy, bored with winning. You better believe it. You will have so many victories that will be coming out of your ears. You may get tired of them. So that's, so that's that. Uh, on a bit of a serious note, um, or of a, a more serious, because all of this gonna, is serious say, as a hunt. Is this not serious? Yeah, this is, I would say this is more serious <laughs> than God, that. Really? Um, a, uh, you know, there was a military, this is, I mean, again, this would have been a major news story if not for all of the other things, but there was a, Trump had his first, uh, military raid the other day against, uh, Al Qaeda in Yemen and, uh, an American Navy SEAL and a young girl, also an American <laughs> died in Trump's first, uh, military raid in what an official said was the first military raid carried out under president Donald Trump. Two Americans were killed in Yemen on Sunday. One, a member of the SEAL Team 6, and the other, the eight-year-old daughter of Anwar al-Awlaki, the new Mexican-born al-Qaeda leader who himself was killed in a U.S. strike five years ago. So we're basically, we're just taking out the entire al-Awlaki family. (laughs) Jesus God. Yeah, I mean, I think killing kids is probably, I think that might want to be off limits just a little bit. I think that's a uh, maybe a bit of a bridge too far. The raid in southern Yemen conducted by the super-secret Joint Special Operations Command was intended to capture valuable intelligence, specifically computer equipment, according to a senior U.S. military official. Three al-Qaeda leaders were killed, according to U.S. officials. Um... I guess one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is not only to point out that two Americans were killed in Trump's first military raid, 
But that Trump has failed to mention this at all on Twitter or in a statement or anything. Nothing. Nothing. Two deaths on his hands already. Two American deaths on his hands. And he hasn't mentioned a goddamn thing. I'll tell you right now, they're they're not going to. I mean, it's it's technically American, but you know they're not going to count. It's the daughter of a terrorist. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, at least. The same way they didn't count Anwar al-Awlaki, which, by the way, I thought was the right thing to do. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I I completely agree with that. But his eight-year-old daughter. Yeah, but yeah, paying tribute to a member of our, our, our most elite fighting force. Yeah. Our most elite fighting and that's uh, it. Fighting force, you know, honestly. Seal Team seal. Six. Yeah. Uh, and so Donald Trump actually did take the time this morning to tweet this. This was eight hours ago, really. Tweeted Nancy Pelosi and fake tears. Chuck Schumer held a rally at the steps of the Supreme Court, and Mike did not work. In parentheses, a mess, just like Dem Party! Exclamation mark. That was an actual Trump tweet. Jesus Christ! What a petty little from the. Sp- <laughs> Eight hours ago. This would have been, uh, what, it's 11 o'clock, uh, but it would have been 3 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, Eastern time. That's when that went out. So basically what happens is I guess Donald Trump wakes up at 6, turns on his TV, and immediately starts tweeting. Yeah, just, probably. Yeah, well, he's still looking like a bag full of sourdough. Laying in bed, just his, his hair down, that nine-foot thing of hair just kind of strewn all over the place. If he doesn't, I imagine him wearing a hairnet, like the, oh, brother, where art thou hairnets to keep his coiffer in place? Jesus He's Christ. a Dan man. Did you hear the, this is probably fake, but did you hear the rumor that uh, Trump hates to walk down, he's got a phobia of walking down stairs and slopes? There's, that's, that comes from two things. One is, was uh, holding, what the hell is her name? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Theresa May's uh, hand. Theresa May, yeah. thank you. Holding her, holding her hand. Yeah. And the fact that that in that I believe it was the New York Times report where he said that he wouldn't go up up the stairs to see Kelly Kellyanne Conway, which I really thought was more uh, laziness than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, there was a rumor floating around Downing Street that uh, the reason he held Theresa May's hand is because he he confessed to her that he has an irrational fear. It's called bathmophobia, evidently. I mean, a, would, I mean, I don't know point, if it's real. Like, I mean, I, I would imagine. Give, it's, yeah, I want to give it credit, but would I really be surprised at this point? Yeah. Of course not. Nothing would surprise me. <laughs> Nothing would surprise. That he would totally. That seems like it would make sense. We have no idea if it's true, I and mean, it's probably not true, and it's it's mostly trivial. But it it kind of it kind of does make sense. Then you would have this fear of going downstairs, and I you know I noticed that I noticed that because walking I've noticed him walking down the steps of whether his his Trump private airplane or whatever when he's walking down those steps uh, down to the tarmac, he walks. Sometimes he'll take one step at a time with just an iron grip on the railing. And I did. I actually did notice that. I actually did comment about that as I was watching him uh, go down the steps. I wonder if he's got a thing about steps. But I, I just assumed he, it's, he he's might, an old man and he's got be, some arthritis or whatever, you know. It might also be, you know, this is somebody who his his biggest fear, his the biggest phobia he has is being made a fool of. Yeah, and yeah. he knows there are cameras on him. So I could see him being, especially if he's just not very coordinated, hmm. if I could see him being terrified that he's going to basically eat it. Yeah. China. <laughs> he's got to go around in that uh, burlap sack that he calls a suit. Right. I guess that's part of the problem. Maybe, maybe he just can't move his body in the correct way when it's just oh, no. wrapped he's got in. More, that. He's got a whole lot of room to move in that <laughs> piece of <laughs> All right. One last break. Uh, we'll wrap up the show right after these words. 
You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back. Thanks for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. We really, really appreciate all that. Yep. When I was a young boy. I just, I wanted to mention here real quick, this is something I was doing before the show. I, I went, I, and I think there's really a banter article about this. I should really write something up about this. But you know the credit reporting agencies suck. You know, it's oh, the whole big fucking scam. They, well, they just, I mean, unless you're keeping track of it and, and following their fuck ups and eliminating them as they go by, your, your fucking credit rating is going to suck. And it's just, it's, it's all a big scam. And I, there are two sources where I get my FICO score, which is apparently, I guess, the, the most important uh, credit score. Right. There's two sources for that where I get it. I get it from Experian, and then I also get it from my bank account. And my bank also provides the FICO score. Well, if there's a 30-point disparity between FICO scores of, in both places. One has, has it 30 points lower in one place, and it's both the FICO score. Mm. I don't understand what that is. Okay, so anyway, so moving along with the show today. I just had to get it off my chest. Um, okay, so the random, remember Donald Trump got his whole voter fraud conspiracy theory from just some guy on Twitter? Yes. Turned out this guy was Greg Phillips, and Greg Phillips was the source for Paul Joseph Watson's story in InfoWars, which that's where Donald Trump got it. And then there's this other guy, Bernard Langer, who's a golf pro, blah, blah, blah. So Donald Trump is getting basically his voter fraud conspiracy regarding 3 million non-citizens voting in the election for Hillary Clinton. Therefore, if you eliminate those 3 million votes, Donald Trump wins a popular vote. This is all about Donald Trump and his teeny tiny dick and his teeny tiny hands and his insecurities and his petulance and all of it. It has nothing to do with actual votes or anything or any scam going on. This is Donald Trump desperately seeking a way to find legitimacy. And he's never going to find it. So this guy, and he's tweeted to this guy, he's not only talked about this conspiracy theory to congressional leadership and to anyone who will listen, but then he also tweeted, he put it on record that he's waiting for this guy's, he's again, some guy on Twitter. He's not a, just a normal citizen. He ha, he's not affiliated with some big think tank or some polling outfit or anything like that. It's just some guy. 
tweeted. He's basically, a, he's basically Dean Chambers. <laughs> he's Dean Chambers, exactly. Yeah, he's he's self appointed. Yeah, know, he's self appointed. Uh, and, and and you know what? Even Dean Chambers at least wrote stuff. Uh-huh. Like this guy just he's just some idiot who fired off a tweet. Yeah, uh, like I could say anything. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try to like come up with a really good conspiracy and see if Trump will like bite. Yeah, and you remember when Donald Trump was talking on, uh, telling David Muir from uh, ABC News, he's going off about how many people are registered in several states, and he was reading this Pew study from 2012, and I'll look to the Pew, it's a Pew, 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 Pew. This is Donald Trump during the David Muir interview. Look at the Pew study. All these people, they're they're registered in many states, three states, three states. You know, no. We find out that many uh, uh, Trump uh, West Wing staffers are registered in in numerous states, including uh, Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is registered in in two states. I I even admitted on the show last week, I'm registered probably in three states, Pennsylvania, Hawaii, and California. Um, So it turns out, and this is the rest of the story, it turns out that some guy on Twitter Greg Phillips, the source, the the patient zero for Donald Trump's stupid voter fraud conspiracy theory, is also registered in three states. Yep. And there you go. (laughs) So this is the guy that Donald Trump has wrapped his stumpy hands around uh, and embraced as being the source of one of, I guess you would perceive, uh, Trump's major agenda items in his first week. We're going to have, I mean, he's moving the entire executive branch and whatever investigatory bodies are involved in that to seeking out the results of this voter fraud conspiracy theory that was posted in a tweet from some guy from some guy who now we find out is registered in three states. Jesus. Greg Phillips, whose unsubstantiated claim that the election was marred by three million illegal votes, was tweeted by the president, was listed on the on the rolls in he's listed in Alabama, Texas, and Mississippi, according to vote records and election officials how in those states. We, how do we how do recover from this? <laughs> I don't know. It's, how do we come back from this madness? I don't know. And that's I keep writing about that. Actually, I there is one way, but it's it's a long shot because of the way a lot of uh, fellow liberals are are wired. And I honestly believe that the left, uh, the Democratic Party, first of all, but the progressive movement has got to team up, has got to form a coalition with the anti-Trump Republicans. I agree. They are, and, and Bill Maher, we've been saying it for months now, but Bill Maher finally said it Friday night. He said they, it's the anti-Trump Republicans who hold the future of the country in their hands. They're the only ones who could actually have an impact because what they're doing, I mean, the, the Trump supporters now are looking at the left and going, they're full of shit. We don't have to listen to them because they're liberals. But it's the Republicans. It's their fellow Republicans who are against Trump and who are making rational arguments against Donald Trump. They're the best chance to break through that firewall of ignorance. And without them, nothing, nothing moves. So I know you, you probably disagree with Lindsey Graham on Obamacare or LGBT or any of the, the other issues, climate change. But Lindsey Graham, John McCain, a lot of these, uh, Evan McMullen, um, who the other, Steve Schmidt, Nicole Wallace, long list of Republicans who are, are fighting their asses off against Donald Trump. They recognize all of the nefariousness and they're fighting against it and they're risking their own careers. And in fact, probably risking... Um, a lot more than that, given the uh, radical nature of Trump's people. 
Not to mention Trump himself. And they've already threatened, they've already talked about going after Republicans who, who turn out to be turncoats. This is, a, this is on record. So, so there's that. So that's, I think that's maybe a possibility, but I mean, it just, it requires progressives to say, to, to bury the hatchet on policy right now and, and team up with these people to say, no more. We have to figure out, let's try to agree on reality. Let's just group with the, let's just form a coalition with the moderate Republicans, the anti-Trump Republicans, and just agree on what reality is. Yeah. No, and, then, and then we go from there. I don't know why that can't happen. But evidently it can't, because every time I post something like this, I get a bunch of whatever you want to call them, Puritopians or just the, the, yeah, the, the left wing Puritans who basically say, oh, I'm never agreeing with blah, blah, blah about, no, you know, oh, just for God's sake, just shooting yourself in the feet. Yeah, just I ridiculous. Re- yeah, I was reading uh, the response to the Mar- like some of the comments you got, the responses to the Mar video, the Bill, mm-hmm. the Bill Mar video that you put up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. About you PC, know, which was yeah. great. His, his final, you know, his sort of final new rule mm-hmm. um, and his extended rant this week was just brilliant. Yeah. And it's interesting to see there are people who are like, you know, he's basically just parroting left wing or uh, right wing talking points. It's like. So what? <laughs> right. Like occasionally, occasionally there are things the right will say that are correct. Yeah. And you can't shun it just because the right says it. Yeah. That just, is another way of ignoring reality. And we have to be better than that. The more the, the most vocal uh, uh, people, the most vocal pundits on MSNBC right now uh, in opposition to Donald Trump. Yeah, sure, you have the usual Lawrence and Joanne Reed and and uh, and uh, Rachel Maddow. But look, the really, really the ones with the most credibility right now are the Republicans. They are there are Republicans right now who are putting nation ahead of party, and we have to we have to get their backs. Yeah, no, I, they, agree. I agree completely. They are way out on a limb. And, and again, there's an opportunity here to form a coalition, a co- coalition of reality. Call it what it is. It's a coalition of reality. People who agree on the objective facts of what we're looking at uh, in the world. Because we're certainly not getting that from the Trump administration. No doubt about that. So, I mean, there, there's a way, but it's just, it's... Again, it's going to be like breeding elephants. It's just going to be impossible to... To get that all together, to get to, to uh, I guess the better analogy is herding cats. Okay, so lots of stuff that we didn't get to. We're going to push into the post mortem show. If you want to listen to the post mortem show, it's a brief little. Uh, it's a, sort of like Bill Maher's Overtime. We just keep talking at the end of this theme song, and we take that little chunk and we put it up at Patreon.com/slash Bob and Chez. It's full of obscenities. I'll just let you know about that. Uh, go to Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Bob and Jazz. Sign up at $10 a month and you get the... Uh, oh, no, it's just a $5 a month. $5 a month gets you the post-mortem show. Sign up at $10, you get the post-mortem shows uh, twice a week, plus the uh, after party. That happens on Fridays. If you sign up at $15 a month, you get the two post-mortem shows, you get the after party, and you get a commercial-free, uh, not-safe-for-work, unbleeped version of this show that you just heard. That's Awesome. Okay, so coming up on the postmortem show, we're going to talk about the Democrats uh, and their uh, they're they're starting to they're starting to find their spine. Democrats are finding their spine finally. We we'll talk about a couple of different things they're doing to block Trump's agenda. Plus, a uh, little bit of good news coming from the White House, believe it or not. Oh, and uh, tons of bad news on Russia. 
to talk about Russia. I feel like we should have gotten to that uh, during the free show, but good Lord. We only have so much time. We're going to talk about the latest on the Russia hacking story uh, and a lot more. Again, that's at patreon.com slash and we will see you over there. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.